three, four. The Common Counterpart. Welcome back to The Common Counterpart. I am your host, Mark. And I'm Josh. And Josh, we do not have time to mince words. Oh, okay. We have a lot of things to cover. <laughs> I'm glad you told me. This is a... This no, is a, I didn't get the memo. This is a highly anticipated episode. Oh, okay. Cool. At least by me. Yeah. Hashtag highly anticipated. Yeah, I was very excited. Well, because, yeah, the, well, the objective the, was to get to... This last week. Yeah. And actually, I don't know why we thought we could cover an entire continent. Uh, in a week, that was probably a little short-sighted of us. But if somebody could, it would be us. It would be us. Yes. Um, but I wasn't really prepared for a dissertation, you know, three and a half hours on here. Well, I don't know that our fans were either. Well, social science is more opinion science, right. more fact and, 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 and data. So. And I want to be very clear that I need you this episode. <laughs> and this is being recorded. I, I need you. Okay. I'm, I'm reaching across the table. And and I need you to embrace me okay. in, in a in a COVID safe way. Yes. Uh, because there's some stuff here that I don't quite understand. Right. And I will admit that in front of all five of our listeners that okay. I don't know everything that's going on here. Right. So uh, Spe- I'm very excited. Special day. This is a very good day yeah. for you. You're going to be elevated. So <laughs> okay. uh, what we wanted to cover today was a specific section of South America. Um because I think it, it it gets a little bit of an interesting rap. It's it's the it's the trump card of environmental concerns. Absolutely, in my opinion. What? How do you see that? Well, it's kind of a double edged sword. So you look at at Brazil, uh, and we look at the Amazon rainforest. Okay, let's be clear. That's where we're headed today. That's where we're going. Well, no, I I, I thought you were you were teasing the oh, crowd a little bit. So. Well, I feel like our quote last week kind of gave it away. Okay. Well, again, our five listeners are are pretty intelligent. That's pretty true. clever. Um, but when you, when you look at the Amazon rainforest, everybody talks about, you know, I wonder what the garden of Eden was like and all these animals and plants and diversity and waterfalls and that sort of thing. And the Amazon rainforest is that plus malaria, (laughs) you know, diarrhea. I mean, it's, it's not an easy place to live. Some would say the worst. It would have to be. At Uh, least in the top five. Oh, def- definitely. And, the and, further and, in. And you know I love my list. I know you love it. In I'm fact, a big top five guy. Please uh, uh, connect to uh, Mark's Instagram and ask him about his top five list. Hit me up with the top fives. In I fact, got lists ask, for days. Ask for the top five lists of his top five. Because I will go on for days. <laughs> um, okay. So, well, hold on. Let me, let me set my I, stage. I thought. No, no, no. no. Is, okay. Yeah, I care about you, but not that much. Okay. Let me set my stage. Growing up, I thought there was only one rainforest. Right, and I assumed it was just contained to the pretty border that was drawn around Brazil. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I I say this sort of tongue in cheek. I think it's because that's the easiest way to teach this, and it's the only way that you ever hear about it. Right, right. But you know, do do do. Grown up a little bit, there's rainforests all over the world. Right. And which makes total sense why we call this one the Amazon rainforest. Exactly. Right. You got to get a little bit specific right. with it. And so the, I think that's where we should start. Like that is kind of a misnomer, right? Mm-hmm. Do you come across this with your kids? In regards to like, rainforests? Yeah. And, and only thinking it's associated with one area of the you, world? You do. Um, and then they don't understand that there's a reason a tropical rainforest has to exist where it's at. You see them mostly around the equator. It's kind of where you see them. Um, and that just has a lot to do with the way 
the sun hits the earth and, and air and moisture is picked up and moved and, and dropped. Uh, and and uh, if you look at the globe, uh, South America and Africa, and then a little bit of, uh, of India and uh, um, Australia, there's like only 20% of the globe's land mass below the equator, like livable space below the equator. Everything is, is northern. North America, Canada, Alaska, Europe, Middle East, all Asia. Cent- almost all Central Asia. Yeah. It's, and so it's bizarre that there's only a, a little bit of land below the equator, and it just so happens to be that spot right there is sort of referred to as the Earth's lungs because the, the, the trees create so much oxygen. And I was doing a little bit of research, and some people say it's 4% of the globe's uh, air. Some people said a third of the globe's uh, oxygen. Somebody said 20% of the Earth's oxygen. I think we can agree the Amazon rainforest produces a huge chunk of oxygen for the planet. So is that rainforest in general, or are we going just specifically no, to the Amazon? No, specifically to the Amazon. Because if, if, if we're going to look at it, physical geography, it's by far the biggest. Yes. Not even close. Mm-hmm. But you do have areas, and I kind of wanted to point out that we have areas in the Congo. We have areas in Indonesia, right? There's multiple rainforests that exist, but you're right. It's a straight line mm-hmm. right across that globe. But the Amazon rainforest is massive. It is. So Brazil is what the, the sixth largest country in the world by land area by land Huge. area and the amazon rainforest is is almost 50 percent. yeah at, at the height it was half yeah about half which is hard to put into perspective because we go back to this idea of the maps and how mm-hmm. maps kind of lie to you mm-hmm. like brazil seems i don't know decently big on 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 the glow on, on a map yeah. but it doesn't seem crazy but when you look at the amazon rainforest it's the size of the lower 48 states or the Wait, con- say that again. It's the size of the continuous 48 states, I should say, not the lower. So, 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 t- so t- chop off Alaska. Okay. Chop off Hawaii. Okay. The rainforest is the size of our country. That's amazing. I think that alone is enough that we could probably just stop. <laughs> Mic drop and just walk away? <laughs> yeah, because when we talk about things like fires, <clears throat> I want you to think that, like, uh, New Jersey's on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, which part? No, 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 no. The whole state. New Jersey's on fire. How would we treat it? How would we treat a fire the size of New Jersey? What? That's what's taking place. Right. And what's crazy is uh, a lot of times they're starting their own fires. Yes. In, most, yes. These are not the California fires. No. Uh, th- these are places where and, – and, and at some point I want to get to this. Uh, it's, it's amazing how the developed world wants to tell other people how to run their land. Oh, we're getting there, baby. Okay, good. Yeah, we're good, getting good. there. Um, but, yeah, th- these, these folks have realized – that uh, having a pretty rainforest, which by the way, it's not Hawaii. It's not like you can sell tickets and people want to come and hang out in your rainforest. It sounds romantic. It's not the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland? No. No. Dang it, Dark Media. Maybe we should have a Disney episode because like Disney of the 60s was a very different Disney. That's true, we could do that one. Yeah, I mean, it it would be a, a kind of a woke sort of episode. Because Disney's changing. But I got some things to talk about with the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> but if we're looking at Am- the Amazon rainforest as it is right now, and, and I want you to clear this up for me because I'm, again, I believe in social science. <laughs> Are there species 
yet undiscovered living in the rainforest. But so I keep hearing the that. assumption is yes. But are we talking like bugs or are we talking like Sasquatch? No, we're talking we're talking bugs. Okay, so do we think that we found all the animal? I know you're not we, a, you're not a zoologist, but do we think that you've we've kind of found all the the big guys? So it's funny that you would say that. Uh, I've always been frustrated by that statement where they say uh, scientists believe we've only discovered five percent of all living creatures. I don't know how you get to make that statement. Well, I don't think you do. You're a meteorologist at that point. Right. If you're right, yeah. that's awesome. If you're wrong, it's like, well, what were we supposed to do? Yeah. So the, the idea is, let me tell you how important the Amazon rainforest is because we think there's a, an additional 95% of species we've never seen before. Now, species, and, and again, I don't want to bore our listeners, but species, species you can have a, a plant that grows at the bottom of a tree, and then you can have a plant that grows in the middle of a tree. As, a, as like a parasite, and we might call those guys two different species. Um, or you might have a bird that can eat small nuts with a hard shell, and then almost its cousin eats berries. And something that different could make those two critters different species. Something that small. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's minor. We're not talking yeah. about, you know, when you, when you talk about species and you think about you know, frogs becoming fish and fish becoming lizards. Yeah, that, it's not that large. No. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking, are there unicorns? You know of what I mean? Of course you do. That's where, that's where my mind goes. <laughs> but we're talking, but there are things that we probably don't know. Right. And, and that's a pretty intense statement because you mm. usually only get statements like that when you talk about the deep ocean. Yeah. Of like, we don't, it's, it's dense, it's, hard, it's mm. impossible. It's now, hard for us to know all the things to know. And it, it would probably be easier to say that there are some crazy unknown animals deep in the ocean. We're just assuming that when you go further in, more humidity, uh, uh, denser forests, that we're going to find uh, uh, a variety of different species. But you, like you'll, you'll see them on the out perimeter of the forest, but as you move in, those sort of abiotic or non-living factors change. Temperature, humidity, pH, sunlight, those sorts of things. And the idea is that those critters, if they're going to live on the inside of the forest, they're going to have to evolve and by evolving, they become a different species. And how much of that is based, like, on the idea that I've heard, like, the canopy kind of changes everything? Like, because it, it, you have to kind of adapt to be able to live in that sort of scenario. Well, so, so and again, this is, like, super science-y. Uh, you can have 20 different lizard species living in the same tree. One of them lives at the tippy top. One of them lives on the, on the ends. One of them only uses... Uh, uh, the branches for mating, and it's all these weird behaviors that um, biologists use to speciate, to identify different species. Um, I also think that in some ways we've sort of romanticized and even incentivized people by saying, hey, we need to care and protect the Amazon because we're saying we, we think there's a whole bunch of critters in there, and that might be the cure for cancer or AIDS or COVID. And so if we find the right flower with the, or the right worm or the right bark, we can come up with homeopathic medicine. But there is some truth to that, right? I was listening to a podcast, and I'm going to butcher it, but they, they said that there was some, I don't know if it came from a certain plant or something, mm -hmm. and it actually is used in surgery, even yeah. like to this day. I think it was like abdominal surgery or something like that. Oh, I'm I don't sure know if they, they do. It, but it only is there. And oh, really? so what does that do to the market, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, we're going to talk about the resources and what comes out of there. But 
it, it is significant. Yes. Right? And it's much larger than people think. Right. Y- you're not walking through the Amazon in a day. No, I don't think anybody does walk through the Amazon. No. Th- there are indigenous people that are still there, and that kind of is what is going to get us to this idea of what is changing. Well, but when I think about walking through the Amazon, I mean, it's so dense. I mean, remember as a kid, you'd watch those movies and the pirates or the, the adventurers slashing, slashing with the machetes? Yeah. Okay. There are parts of the rainforest that are so dense, you can't even slash. It's just vines wall to wall. and wall-to-wall plants. I mean, this is the part of the earth where indigenous people may have built temples thousands of years ago, and the, and the forest has reclaimed that land. That land. So things grow fast. Uh, it's an incredible area. It's one of those ones, it's one of the very few areas, though, that you cannot monetize. I think that's what they're trying to do. Though. In terms of tourism, I guess I right. should say, like yeah. you, you're you you don't get a chance to go go climb the volcano, right? You don't get mm-hmm. a chance to go and check this stuff out because it's 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 where Mother Nature says you're at the end of the line. Like and, stop. And the, the Amazon cruises, I guess they'll do some of those Amazon cruises, but you're you're in a little boat. I mean, there's there's no Queen Mary yeah. <laughs> going up and you're down not, the yeah, Amazon. You're, yeah, you're not fitting the Royal Caribbean. And so you you go down there. These are adventurous eco-tourists and there you are in a little boat and a native person is 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 motoring you through the amazon muddy water you know uh uh, uh, carnivorous fish i don't know if they've got crocodiles or alligators in there but if you fall into the river uh if you don't get bit by something you're definitely going to pick up some sort of pathogen that your body does not know what to no. do with. Yeah, that, talk about culture shock. Yeah, and so I, I, I think that the um, it has kind of an incredible history, and a lot of this happened sort of before I was born. Um, and I, I Almost everything happened yeah. <laughs> before you were born. I want to pick up the story like in the 1970s, Okay. right, which is really where we start seeing this shift, mm-hmm. where we start seeing the removal of some of these lands. Now, to kind of lay out Brazil, for those of you that don't know, the majority of Brazil's population is living on the southeast coast. These, these would be our, our cities, Rio de Janeiro, Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. right? Really the only two cities that anybody can name mm-hmm. when, you're in, when you're talking about Brazil, right? right? Everyone wants to live on the coast. That's yeah. where life is easy. And so those are the areas that developed. Well, what happens there as the economy begins to try and catch up with the rest of the world, they need to do what everybody else has done to make it. Right, and that's agriculture. Right, and you're not doing agriculture on the beach in the middle of a soccer game. Right, so you have to start moving your way inward. That's kind of always been one of the problems with Brazil is it's much harder to live in the interior mm-hmm. than it is to live on the coast. And you know, Brazil has done things throughout their past where they've you know moved the capital to the interior. I saw that. Yeah, in hopes to pull people towards the capital. What the the thinking there, and this happens in in, in multiple countries, but you you want to draw people towards the the um, infrastructure. Okay. And people think that you want to live near the capital city, which for the most part is true. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Except when you get to America. <laughs> right. There really is not a large desire to live in Washington, D.C. or to live in Sacramento. No. For that matter, right? No. We all have other areas we prefer. So, But they think, you know, government jobs getting pulled this way. Well, where there's government buildings, there's going to need to be houses and there's going to need to be all these things. But getting people to move to the interior has always been tough. But the ranchers went there mm-hmm. and they started wanting to create much larger cattle ranches. Brazilian beef is extremely popular around the world. 
I, I, so it has its own market. Its own feel. Okay. Yeah, very much like Japanese beef. Okay. So there's like these little mini markets, and it has everything to do with the way that they raise the cattle. And one of the things that they need is food. Right. How are you going to get food for these cows? Because you can't raise cows in a forest. Right. So, so you what have are to, the, you cut down the forest. And then what do you do with the land? You, you have to not only... Uh, well, a lot of the times these cattle are just living in, in, in muddy swaths of land, and then you feed them soybeans. Soybeans is what they pick up. Yeah. And that's where Brazil goes super hard. Yeah. Because it's cost-effective. Uh, cost mm -hmm. It's The cows will eat it. Now, mm -hmm. whether cows should eat that or not is a different story. Yeah. The, but the answer is no. <laughs> but they will. Right? And so they need areas not only for their cattle to graze, but for soybeans to grow. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon, as they start watching these profits, as they start watching the GDP of the country rise up, Brazil's starting to get a little bit cocky. Sure. They're starting to become a world player. They start realizing that there's more things that they can extract from the, from the rainforest, mm -hmm. right? Besides the idea of deforestation, what other industry is coming from the rainforest? That's a great question. I, I can't think of anything. Well, think about the trees that they have. Uh -huh. Right, and the only thing that Brazil has had success in outside of that is rubber. Oh, that's right. And yeah. so when you think about rubber, and there's a great story that goes along with this too. So they find out this is again early 20th century. We have World War Two. We have World War One. Mm -hmm. Right, we're starting to really ramp up the war effort. We don't have a ton of ability to use rubber in the United States. We have to import a lot of our because we we can't. We can't grow rubber trees. No. Right. We don't have a climate. Right. And so we need to get it from somebody else. And everybody else does who's in the war effort as well. So Brazil realizes they have a corner on the market here. But much like we talked about the colonial powers that just continue to come again and again. I was reading this story where this um, English, of mm -hmm. course, this English explorer goes down there. He steals a bunch of rubber, of rubber okay, seed. I, I remember this now, right? And he moves it to Indonesia and mm -hmm. plants it over there right. and says, nah, fam, we're good. We don't need yours anymore. We're going to go ahead and do this for ourselves. Right. It's just another example of the haves taking actually from the haves not yeah. so that they don't need them anymore. Uh, well, and uh, the British did the same thing with coffee. Yes. Tea and silk. Right. So this, this, is, this is a story once told many right. times. And so as we start seeing this deforestation, you, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place here. As the leader of a country, your responsibility is to the people of your country, mm -hmm. is to make money for your country, is to be able to progress your levels of development. And to right. do that, you have to be able to produce something. Right. This is what they're hanging their hat on. The problem is, is that there is a massive forest the size of the United States in the way. Exactly. And that does not, I mean, the, the, the trees did produce rubber, but that's not, you're not going to make as much enough. money no, it's not with enough. rubber trees as you are with cattle. And, and much like the idea that we can talk about the number of species that are coming from that. I was reading different numbers on how big the Amazon rainforest mm -hmm. is. I'm getting numbers like 300 million. I'm getting numbers like uh, 300 billion. And I've sort of settled on this idea of like 390 billion trees. How you yes. know that, you're not naming them all, so I don't know what you're doing. No. But I guess you're probably just taking an average of the square footage well, or whatever. It's jelly beans in the jar. Right. But yeah. 390 billion. Right. It's very easy to say, well, we don't need that many trees. And let's be honest, Brazil doesn't. But the globe does. Right. And this is going to get us into the really the heart of the argument. Because throughout the history of Brazil, there have been different leaders that have come through with different philosophies. Mm -hmm. 
of, of everything of we're, we need to protect this land. We have a lot of our history here. We do have a lot of native tribes that are living throughout different areas, maybe not the most dense areas, mm -hmm. but throughout all of these areas and need to be protected, much like the same way that we create national parks and state parks that are protected, right? We want to make sure that people aren't burning these things down. Right. We have that, and then you fast forward to the president that we have today, who just got elected 2019, and... He says, we're not protecting anything. If I had my way, we wouldn't even have reserves. Okay, because was it Lula? Was he the old guy that... Uh, previously. Previously, and I, th I think it was his administration that finally went in and said, okay, no. We understand that some of this forest is private property, and you guys want to cut it down, but we're going to prevent you from cutting down too much of the forest. You have to preserve a portion of your forest. Yeah, and Bolsonaro comes in and says, I'm cutting all the funding to the police that were monitoring those areas, Ooh. and we're going to go ahead and make some money. Got it. And so there, we are seeing numbers now. And the, he's, he's quoted on TV. Like, this is not something that you're doing behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And when people were asking him, why are you doing this? What is this getting you? It's getting him the support of the entire agricultural movement in Brazil. Which is the money. Which is all the money. Which means he's also getting votes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool that you want to protect the natives that were there before. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to win you an election. Right. Nor are they going to make you any money. Mm -hmm. So he's sort of picking and choosing what's going to get him the most political clout, and he's going with that. Mm -hmm. And he also has the responsibility, like, you can't leave Brazil behind. Brazil has kind of always been in this kind of teetering, kind of developed, but not quite. Yeah. We'll host the World Cup in the Olympics, but it's going to bankrupt our company, our country after we're done, and yeah. we're never going to be able to recover, but we have really pretty statues of you know, Christ the Redeemer, yes. but it's also got the favelas in the background where there's large amounts of crime and all these things happening. So they haven't quite found a niche and a hold yet, and I think right. that he thinks this is going to be one of those things that gets him there. And, and he's right that there's going to be a flooding of cash, uh, but this is 2021. These are not indigenous farmers. These are not going to be uh, uh, Bra uh, Brazilian uh, uh, families four, five, six generations back. You are inviting multi-billion dollar agro-business from around the world. Yeah, this is not people with shovels no, this, this, out there this trying to feed their family. This is going to be another, another opportunity where the haves are going to come in and rape the land, which is exactly what we did to America. Yes. I mean, the, the Native Americans knew you really can't farm in the middle of the country, so we just let the buffalo come through, we kill what we want, we use the buffalo, and then we move to the next field. When we show up, you know, uh, we, we, we take all the native grass out and we grow corn. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're looking at the Dust Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 there have, and that's been one of the, the threats, right? If we lose 5% more, mm -hmm. if we lose 10% more, we're never gonna be able to reclaim it. Well, and that's what's, so it's sort of interesting, um, it takes a really long time for the edge of a forest to move. It's dealing with wind and temperature. Uh, the, the, the soil dries out, obviously. Because it takes the biggest hit? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's like your skin. Yeah. Right? It, your skins get nicks and, and, and freckles from the sun or whatever. The inside of you is, is protected. Um, and, and then the other thing that we don't even consider is once you've taken those trees out, uh, this is a part of the, the world that's used to receiving a lot of water. Well, if that water is not being absorbed by those trees, it's usually running off, and you get a great deal of erosion. And so I would imagine the more 
uh, ag land they try to create and the more development they have, you're going to see a lot more runoff. Um, and you're and that's disastrous for everybody, you're right? You're going to see mudslides. Uh, um, Which is also a problem for the cattle too, right? Mm -hmm. Something to kind of keep in mind. Well, don't, And don't forget, cattle, they, make, they eat a lot of food and they make a lot of poop. And I know in America, you have to sort of store that stuff and keep it away from water. Because uh, you don't want it washing into your oceans. There's a, there's a process called eutrophication where uh, most – every water, body of water has uh, uh, phytoplankton, microorganisms, algae, and there's just enough nutrients for a little bit of them to grow. So if you're swimming in, in the lake or the river or whatever, there's algae all over you, but you can't see it. It's, it's, it's in a really small population. Well, when – feces like that or, or manure or fertilizer gets washed into a river or a lake, the algae have this buffet of nutrients. And the algae grows so quickly it turned into this green carpet. It's called an algae bloom. You ever remember as a kid you'd be riding your bike and there was that green yeah, slime and in the gutter? Yeah, all you want to do is like try and run over the top of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that happens in, in, in the ocean. That happens in the rivers. And then as if that wasn't bad enough, at some point, the algae will run out of nutrients. And now that all those algaes don't really have anything to eat, they die. And as they die, they create something called a dead zone. And it sucks all the oxygen out of the water. And that's something else that we're seeing more and more of uh, off the coast of Brazil. You're seeing these big algae blooms, and then you get a dead zone. Um, and so that's they are... Brazil is dealing with all the same stuff that we've been dealing with for the last hundred years. It just seems like the the world's eye is on them because they're the only ones on the planet with the Amazon rainforest. Well, and it's 2021. Yeah. It's so much easier to point the finger, mm -hmm. right? And we're looking at 70% of deforestation coming because of cattle. Right. It's not this idea of like, we're going to split the blame. It's, it's very clear who's doing this. Mm -hmm. And the difference between an area of high development versus an area like this is that people are dying. Environmentalists are out there dying. Really? I think there were 50 that were killed in 2018 alone. Because they're going into Brazil in protest? Yeah, trying to stop what's taking place. And when yeah. you get in the way of wealthy ranchers out in Brazil, you're not getting the cops called on you. No. They're taking care of the problem. It's extremely unfortunate. Well, it's part of the woke culture, you know, this idea that everybody has the right to protest. Well, sure, if you have a constitution and, 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 a, and a law enforcement that's going to protect you. But when you walk into somebody else's land and you're saying, we're going to take away your right to make money, they're not, like you said, they're not calling the cops. A bleeding heart doesn't get you, Grace. <laughs> it does not. What's especially, the old, especially down there. What's the old uh, cowboy term? Shoot, shovel, and shut up. I love that. Yeah. That's old school. But you know, here's the thing that bothers me is it, it, it's always the developed countries going into an underdeveloped country. That's not the right word. Developing. 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Stay woke. Yes. <laughs> we will have an episode on wokeness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, the hipsters that go to, 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 uh, to Brazil and they say, hey, you guys really should allow the rainforest to grow back and you guys should stop eating beef. And of course, you've got all these enlightened countries joining the Kyoto Protocol and the Paris Accord or whatever. And these are the people who were buying the beef. You know, they're out there preaching climate change, but at the same time, they want to get their Brazilian beef. And they want to invest in the multi-billion dollar agro industry that is flocking to Brazil. 
and they're going to be there quickly. Mm-hmm. And just real fast, in the easiest scientific terms we can discover here, or we can talk about, tell me what happens when the rainforest goes away. Um, well, broad strokes. Uh, you're possibly looking at another desert. You're, you're looking at the Sahara Desert. Uh, you're looking at an unimaginable amount of carbon dioxide that is no longer being captured by trees but are now, number one, isn't being captured by those trees, and the uh, decomposition and breaking down of those plant materials releases more carbon dioxide into the air. And it's hard to speculate, because like you said, 400 billion trees, trillion? What, what number? Billion. Billion. 390 billion. Yeah. Um, those trees pull gigatons of carbon dioxide out of the air. And if those trees aren't there... That's carbon dioxide that stays in the atmosphere. I mean, are we dead? I don't know. Have you? Okay, I, I don't usually watch, uh, uh, you know, disaster movies like that. I, I can't watch The Walking Dead. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I never watched Twenty Twelve or whatever ridiculous movie that was. Too close to home. Uh, it's just so fake. But this is real. Right. So, have you seen anything about? No, I haven't, and I don't really know a lot about. I, I'm imagining now how upset people get when we don't plant trees in the park. Mm-hmm. because we're not resetting, right? Right. We're talking now about the size of the United States, and I think when you put that into consideration and we talk about all of those being gone, mm-hmm. I mean, you told me something about the sand. Oh, my gosh. This is, this is fascinating. So first of all, uh, South America and Africa were at one point connected. We talked about that last episode. Yeah. Gone to Wonderland. Um, and they, they, they split apart. There is... Uh, satellite imagery and evidence that shows 70 million tons of Sahara sand blows across the Atlantic Ocean and adds uh, and lands in the Amazon rainforest. And the big thing that it does is it adds phosphorus. So if I can just geek out for a second. Hit me with it. All right. Uh, nitrogen, carbon, and oxygen move through our, our ecosystem in a gaseous phase. And gas can get to and from different places, into soil, into water, into living things. Phosphorus you need for DNA, you need to build cell membranes, so every living thing needs phosphorus. Phosphorus does not have a gas phase. Phosphorus is usually locked up in rocks. So you need sediment and erosion. That's why the, the, the Nile was so productive, because as, as it flooded, it brought down all that new sediment, and in that rock f- bits were plenty of phosphorus, and phosphorus is, is a fertilizer. So as the sand blows over, it replenishes the Amazon rainforest with all of that phosphorus that it needs. So here's a, here's a crazier question. We talk about re- foresting the Sahara Desert. Right, we're pushing it back, right? We're the trying green to push, wall, we're, we're trying yeah, to, we're trying add to push more. it back. So if we're going to turn the Sahara Desert back into a forest, the Amazon doesn't get its fertilizer every year. So does the Amazon rainforest exist because the Sahara Desert exists? That's what blows my Well, it's too perfect. Yeah, it's the yin to the yang. It's, 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 it's like they were... They so were... should we stop playing God and just let this earth do its thing? Because Some... it seems to kind of take care of itself before we get in the way. Always. Yeah. 
and, but, and, and this is the short-sightedness that we talked about last week, right? The idea of, um, you know, burning a painting. Yes. Right? It's, it, every, everything's very intentional mm-hmm. of, in, in the short side. Like, hey, let's make more money in Brazil. But hey, let's get rid of the Sahara Desert in Africa. And, it's, and it doesn't matter what we do. There's always going to be an unintended consequence. Everything. Every, good and, or bad. And the bigger we think we are in the world, usually the bigger mistake we wind up making. If it, I feel, if anything, you should be humbled, mm-hmm. especially after listening to that, because it's how small and insignificant are you? Se- I mean, se- seventy tons. Mm-hmm. That is not a small amount of sand. No, and and think of this: that's just the sand that made it. To right. The Obviously, it's losing as what is that? What's that process called? As it gets smaller, as you you know, you kind of it it dwindles, uh, right? Because it starts yeah. obviously. Some of that's in the a lot of that's in the ocean. Yeah. It went, and, and again, it. That same sand uh, helps uh, rejuvenate the algae. So something else, just real quickly, about the uh, Brazilian rainforest. It does produce a lot of oxygen, but most of the oxygen we breathe is created by the algae in the ocean. And because of fish poop and uh, 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 sediment blowing into the ocean, that acts as a fertilizer. The little algaes photosynthesize and produce the vast majority of the oxygen we breathe. What's so interesting about that and all of this kind of in general is when we talk about saving the oceans Mm -hmm. and we talk about saving the rainforest, those are legitimate things that we actually can back up with scientific evidence Mm -hmm. and proof as to why we should do it. Yet it somehow seems to always get turned into this politicized thing about plastic straws and turtles. Right. And if we really, I, I, I don't know, I feel, just my opinion, I feel that if we just focused and you just said, listen, if we don't support and protect our oceans, mm-hmm. we're not going to have enough air. Yeah, that's a good that, point. That, that's it. We, yeah. that, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in, right? Versus this idea of, you know, showing, and again, I guess you're appealing to emotion. You, sh- you show the, you know, the um, soda plastic that's wrapped around oh they don't even make those anymore yeah that's not even a thing i kind of dated myself there uh or you show you know you talk about global warming Mm -hmm. and you keep talking about temperatures and stuff which again seems to be you know yes and no at the same time why don't we just focus on what we know right what we know is we need oxygen Mm -hmm. what we know is the sahara desert's blowing sand over that's keeping this thing going and Mm -hmm. and this little system one little flick in one direction from a country that has too much power or thinks they know too much yeah is going to cause a major issue. And, and it's always been the case uh, where one group of people think they know better or, hey, if I had your resources, I could manage it better. Um, and really, just leave it alone. <laughs> it, just, seem, it seems yeah. to be the case. And, and we adjust to it mm-hmm. instead of trying to make it adjust to us. Well, and, you know, not to get too metaphysical here, but uh, either something out there is larger than you or you are larger than everything. And I think when man thinks that they are smarter than God or smarter than nature, uh, problems always ensue. And nature is quick to remind you oh that God. you are not. Yeah. And it's pretty easy and evident. Yeah. So backhand. last thing, you're president of Brazil. Okay. Do you protect the rainforest? We cancel soccer. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> do you protect the rainforest or do you allow for farming? Uh, I think you can do both. Um, That's a political answer. You're a great president already. Well, so uh, again, you and I were both doing some research on this this week, but uh, Lula, who I believe is in jail right now, 
Ooh, that I don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. That has something to do with petroleum, I think. <laughs> um, but his administration had a good idea. The, the forest was, could be, they, they were forcing people into the interior. They were building roads. Yes, they were building huge road right. systems. That's what they wanted. And so they were, they, were, they were giving people land. They ran in, and they all cut down their, their trees to farm. At some point, the land was free. Exactly. Because that's, that's, how, you get, that's how you can support mm-hmm. something as crazy as cutting down the rainforest. Yeah. Because, listen, there's people here. Yeah. They need roads. But, they need stores. They need houses. And Brazil did what we did 100 years ago. Who, who promised a mule and, and 40 acres? Yeah, so you have this idea that you just move into it. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, you know, we were giving land grants for 50 years. Okay. And, and we were saying, hey, if you can get out there, it's yours. Can you imagine what that would cost right now? But nobody told them how hard it was right. going to well, get out and, there. And how bad the land was. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your land. There's also no wood out there, so good luck living and so mm-hmm. <laughs> living in mud. Yeah. And I think that what, although you could do both, if you provide them with another option, if you're bringing people out there, that's one thing, and mm-hmm. you probably should, right? You have all this land, you should probably use it. Mm-hmm. But you have to find something productive for them to do so they don't have to turn to this deforestation mm-hmm. and this ranching. The only reason why it's so popular is because it works. Well, and again, now that we see, we actually see the effects of losing the rainforest. Um, I know that there are more global agencies that are that are working with Brazil, and so uh, the Brazilians have um, better access to, you know, cattle technology or better access to farm or soybean technology. But I do think back to that being a president. I think you do encourage people, similar to being in America. You know, when you buy a house, you cannot cut down. You cannot take out all of the vegetation and just lay down concrete in California. I, I believe you have to provide some form of vegetation um, on your property, even though you own it. Interesting. Yeah. That I did not know. It, and it's why when they build parking lots, you they know, always have to have there's the little trees, trees and grasses and bushes that people... Makes them know, feel better about yeah. it. Yeah. But, I mean, it makes sense. If you're, there were plants there before. Right. And if you're going to put a parking lot... If you do that, there will probably never be plants there again. Mm-hmm. Right? And so this is the idea of kind yeah. of resetting. So, so I, th- I think... Uh, I think it's. I think Brazil is learning the same things we learn, but I think they have to learn a lot faster. And everybody's watching. Well, I sort of imagine it like this is your first time sitting at the big kid table at, at Christmas, <laughs> and so you're you're yeah. in the kitchen, right, going through the line, uh-huh. and you're just thinking, I'm about to go hard right now on this food because I finally get to sit here, mm-hmm. which means I need to bring as much food as I can possibly get. I need to make this count. That's a good, good I, analogy. Yeah, and I'm hungry, so <laughs> it works. I need to bring as much money to this if we're going to try and keep up. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I, I, I was reading about this, and I, I love what they did. So there's a couple of, of cities that are developing in the, in the interior. Uh, it was one called Manas. And okay. Manas is, is one of those areas where they actually did have a World Cup game. It was one of the harder ones to get done. And the idea of that was to show people that Brazil was not just the exterior section okay. along the coast. So they specifically put a stadium really far away. By the way, this was the most inconvenient, terrible idea that backfired because the players hated going there. Oh it was gosh. extremely humid. Terrible Ooh. conditions, yeah. and it was away from everyone, and no one wanted to go to the game because everybody wanted to be along the coast. Makes sense. But what they did is they taught them simple manufacturing. And what I found out is one of the largest Harley-Davidson factories no. in the world is located in this area. 
How yeah. genius. Well, you're getting cheap labor. Yeah. You're getting cheap land. You're probably getting government subsidies. And you're teaching these people how to do something that is for most of the world pretty simple manufacturing. Same thing over and over again. Right. Assembly work style stuff. If you provide people with this opportunity, they don't need to look to the forest for their economy right. and their economic activity. They're going somewhere else. And mm -hmm. if they just need a couple more things like that, I really do think that Brazil can offer the haves, like, guys, come over here, bring this, bring this, bring mm -hmm. this. No, 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 we don't want to do agribusiness. We need something else that's not going to be so devastating to the land. Right. We can keep our current levels of Brazilian beef going because that's kind of what we're known for. We're doing pretty well on that. You just need to diversify. Sure. Anybody that goes all in on something usually ends up losing everything. That's a good point. Are, are those your words? Those kind of are my words, okay. but I feel like I stole them from somebody yeah, else. Yeah, it just sounded so eloquent. I know. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of fun things. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like there's more. Maybe there we'll come is. back to it again. I'd love to because the culture of Brazil is fascinating. The there people. Is, we'll be coming back. Yeah. Well, before we go, let's hit them with some wisdom of the week. Yeah. So, uh, wisdom of the week. We need a voice. Uh, we should. We should make something. Wisdom. That's my goal. Okay. Make something like we need that. a gravelly old man saying wisdom of the week. Uh, we don't inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. And I think this is what the Brazilian children are going to realize, that in 100 years with 30, 40, 50% of the Amazon rainforest gone or changed into some different form of production, they're going to have a very different Brazil. Um, and I, I don't fault the Brazilians were wanting to use their land their way, but I think the globe is going to suffer. And there, the there will be a push. There yeah. will be an influence. They will not get to make their decisions freely. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the downfall of living in 2021 yeah. and trying to develop right now is you don't have that opportunity to do things your way that's because true. everybody else is going to be affected. That's right. Woke cult cultures. Those crazy governments. <laughs> well, Josh... Super happy. Yeah. Great episode. Good times. We will be taking a week off next week. That's Spring right. Spring break. Mm. Much needed. Oh, so needed. We will come back recharged and ready to go. We yes. look forward to seeing you guys all on the next episode. As always, make sure you follow us on Instagram at The Common Counterpart. We have been posting um, images relevant to the episodes as well as uh, the wisdom of the week. Uh, give us a rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Spotify. And uh, we will see you guys soon. Yeah. Have a good one.